Hello and welcome to Career and Leadership Coaching Conversations with TNT, a podcast created to develop your leadership skills and uplevel your career. Today's podcast is brought to you by UpHub Mastermind, more than a mastermind, a support network, a family, a hub of amazingness. We really hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome back to our podcast. Absolutely delighted to have you here for our regular listeners. Thank you so much for coming back. And if you're a new listener, welcome. Me and Tanya are so excited for our episode today. We have a fabulous guest, don't we, Tanya? We do indeed. We have Gina Bellerin. Is that a do I, am I pronouncing that right? <laughs> Ballerin. Think Ballerin. like Gina Ballerina. Helps. Oh, and she's joining us all the way from Australia, which is super exciting. Our first international guest. And um, we really want to know a bit more about you, first of all. So um, tell us a bit about who you are and about your business, Gina. Well, it's delightful to be here with both of you. Thank you so much for having me. So I'm Gina Ballerina. Um, actually, I did study uh, dance for many, many years and considered being a ballerina for a living, but decided instead to go into marketing. And I run a marketing consultancy called Verbalistics. I'm the founder, CEO, and I like to call myself the content queen of Verbalistics as well. And the idea behind Verbalistics is that it combines verbal and ballistic, which means making your words go mental. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that is fabulous. And if you think about the concept behind communication, in marketing, people use words mostly to get a message across. We can use words in an audio format, in a video format, in a written format, or a combination of any of those. But it's about the power of the intent and the intention behind our words and how well we're able to get that across to an audience. Fortunately, I've been thinking about writing and doing a lot of writing and talking and listening for a very long time. And so verbalistics is effectively my way of being able to help people communicate better with their audience, whether that audience is an external one, so your customers or your prospects, whether it's your internal one, so it's the team and the people that you lead. I work a lot with marketing leaders who want to do marketing better. And sometimes that means that they need help with their marketing campaigns, their strategies, their tactics. And sometimes it actually means that they need help with marketing themselves better or understanding how they're communicating with their teams and how they're actually making sure that the people around them are getting stuff done because they want to rather than getting stuff done just because they've been told to do stuff. Because we know we all know that you catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. Oh, I like that. And <laughs> um, can you, you know, I, I love all this. How did you, how did you get to starting your business from wanting to be a ballerina to all of a sudden having this business? Kind of, what journey did you have to go on to decide? Well, as a child, I remember saying to my parents, right, I either want to be a ballerina or a professional businesswoman. So that was always a choice, right? I saw myself in kind of, you know, bearing in mind, I was born in the 80s. I saw myself with the, the suitcase and the red high heels and the sports car, you know, traveling to, to meetings and, you know, opening my briefcase and showing someone some documents. And I think um, it was always the question of how do you connect emotionally with people? And as a, as a dancer, the way you connect is by portraying emotions without words. 
But as a marketer, you do the, hopefully you put the emotions in the words. And the challenge is that actually people don't always manage to communicate as effectively as they want to. And part of what's holding them back from doing that brilliant communication is the fact that they actually forget that communication is about emotion. And the best marketing content is actually that that makes you feel. It makes you come alive. It makes you step outside of your everyday world and actually realize that the people who are communicating with you have a solution to the problem that you have. And then marketing isn't about being salesy. It's actually just about helping people realize that you can help them solve that problem. And when that happens, it's a beautiful fit. And when you can use your customers' stories to be able to explain how you help people, it's even better. That's the most exciting part of marketing for me. I love that. And it's something that I really, really struggle with in my business. You know, I, when I hear content creation, I'm just like, I don't know where to start. Like, I, give me an essay to write. Give me a research project to do. I'm there. I can do it. I can come up with 12,000 words kind of, you know, but ask me to write a piece of content for, for marketing, social media, all that stuff. I just freeze. I'm like, I just don't know how to do it so you're not alone but there are lots of ways that you can actually get over that and one of those is to give yourself a format and one of the other ways is to look at people who you really admire and to kind of assess and analyze what is it that they do well and how can you use that and their their tactics their approach almost their format or framework sometime to be able to do it for yourself but I think the thing that often stops us is really that fear that we are putting ourselves out there in some kind of vulnerable way and it's different if you're writing a report for someone else because at the end of the day it's do they like it and the, the worry is that if you're putting marketing out about yourself or your business or what you do that it's a question are they judging me for me and the only way really to get over that is to feel the fear and do it anyway, as Ooh. the famous title of that book says. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head for me with that sort of um, not being too salesy, because that is my greatest fear is, um, you know, I don't really mind putting myself out there and telling stories and stuff like that. But I take people, you know, my I really want to help people. I don't want them to think I'm trying to sell to Mm. them. That that's my desire is to help. And yes, I need to make money as well. You know, I'm not, there's no, I can't do it for free as much as I'd love to, but I don't want it to come across salesy. That just, it's just not me. So that's my fear that I, that, that, you know, that is going to happen in some way. You're not alone. It, I was, I'm sorry, Gina, I was just going to say, and, and I'm sure you'll be able to help us with this, because we have conversations before we come on the podcast and after we come on the podcast. And I say to Tanya and Tanya says to me, that would have been a perfect opportunity for you to share your business. Um, and we both say, oh, yeah, but we don't like that aspect of you know, showing off what we're doing and sharing our business, even on our own podcast, because we don't want to sound salesy. And we're both the same, aren't we, Tanya? We yeah. both have that <laughs> conversation. <laughs> um, There's a great way of stepping into that fear of sales and actually being able to feel more comfortable to sell people. It is effectively to be able to sell someone else. So mm. you can do this in one of two ways. Why either 
Tamsin could be selling Tanya and Tanya could be selling Tamsin, in which case it becomes much, much easier because you wouldn't, yeah. why wouldn't you rhapsodize about a friend and colleague and someone you enjoy working with? You would. It's Absolutely. just natural. And she's amazing. So I'm happy to and, sell Tamsin. <laughs> and Tanya's amazing. So I'm happy to sell Tanya. <laughs> So let's remind your audience while we had Tanya, tell us your audience why Tamsin is so amazing. Tamsin tell, us, is am- tell us why oh, she does I love this. Great the, like, it, it's like, it's turning into like a, um, you're running the podcast. This is brilliant. I love this. <laughs> Sorry, false of habit. <laughs> Tamsin is amazing because she has just this infectious enthusiasm for everything that she does and is incredibly she runs um up hub mastermind and i am part of that mastermind group um and the, the experience is incredible she's so supportive and um encouraging and has great ideas and i feel like my business is um like going from strength to strength as a as a result of being part of that mastermind there well, you let's turn that around the other way. Tanzan, tell us about what Tanya does and why it's so amazing, in your opinion. So Tanya is absolutely fabulous in how she can take somebody, listen to them, and just help them to up-level their career. She will go into businesses, go into organisations, help individuals, and just support them and give them that nudge and push and encouragement to live the best life through their career. She's fabulous at what she does. Absolutely fabulous. So is this interesting illustration of communication and Mm. marketing that doesn't feel salesy illustrates, if we could capture what the other people say about us and put it into a format, then it suddenly doesn't become like we're selling ourselves anymore. And this is a very effective tool that people can use in customer marketing. Because basically, if you can get your customers to say these great things about you, then it's not about you. It doesn't have to feel like it's an egotistical exercise. Because quite frankly, you are helping people solve their problems. And all you're saying is, hey, look, here's someone whose problem I solved. Ta-da! It's marketing. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, this is what I love about our podcast is that we think they're going to go in one way and then they generally go in a completely different way. And that's just been a really great example of what you do. So thank you for that, Gina. Um, I wanted to to sort of pick up on something you said before we we, um, started talking about our businesses. (laughs) Um, And you were talking about how you can help leaders to communicate um you know more effectively and um Tamsin and I are both really passionate about about that um and I've actually just recently trained um in a product called strength scope which is all about helping people to identify the things that energize them and you talked about how you know you're going to work more effectively if um, you, you made that analogy, which I can't remember exactly about the, the honey and the vinegar or, or something. So you catch and it's, more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. Absolutely. So, you know, not only we we as individuals work more effectively if we can identify the things that give us energy and we're working on those things that give us energy, but also as a leader kind of being able to use our communication skills and, you know, use all those skills to help our uh, team to you know, to encourage them. Um, so 
I was wondering if you what sort of communication tips you had had for leaders who you know may, maybe find that area a little bit of a struggle I think what leaders often struggle with when they're trying to communicate effectively with the team is that they either feel they need to be the authority and have all of the answers mm. or they feel that they need to be the one who is in the spotlight who gets all of the attention I was chatting with an ex-colleague, um, someone I've mentored in the past today about his amazing team. He's the CMO of an organization where he really has done a fantastic job of building trust with his organization. And when someone left on to go on to greater things with his full support, he said to the guy leaving, well, you know, what can you give us your feedback, please? The guy said, well, here are two things. The first is that I've observed that you can be an organizer, a leader who delegates if you give people trust. And he said, the second part of that is when you give people trust, they will work extra hard to prove that they have that trust to you. How does this relate to communication? Well, quite frankly, leaders don't often have the conviction to be able to trust themselves and to trust their teams. And we often feel, especially when messages are hard to share with people, that we have to kind of soften them or, or couch them in some kind mm. of placid language. And that's not often good for people involved. I think the world needs more honesty. I oh, did a TEDx sure. talk. <laughs> I did a TEDx talk a few years ago about marketing in the era of authenticity. And it came down to this message, which is we, we live in an era where people can discover almost anything that is fake or bad or dishonest. But what I'm realizing is my clients who are predominantly B2B marketers in the software as a service sphere or people who do software and a service, you know, like professional services, is that they need help realizing that it's not about them. It is about what their team needs. And sometimes communicating is more about listening and not just listening with your ears, but listening with your body and your soul and your instincts and actually realizing that what people need to hear isn't about the words necessarily. It's about the tone, the intonation patterns, the emphasis, the encouragement and the conviction that you bring to that message. And when you're able to actually get out of the way of that truth in a way, you can improve the communication with your people because you're no longer trying to tell them something you think they need to hear. You're actually reaching into your gut and having a conversation directly between your brains, your ears, your hearts, and your minds. And words then become much easier to find when you're being completely truthful and honest with yourself, your team, and your words. Wow. I, I think that's, that's absolutely amazing. And do you think that communication piece, you know, I, I've just written it down, um, you know, don't try and tell them what you think they need to hear. Like, is that something that is, can be replicated throughout our whole life, not just in business, not just for leaders? You've got it in one. I think often people listen so that they can say what comes next. We know that listening is a, a tough skill to learn, but there's a reason that good listeners are often the wisest people 
and I'm throwing in all these quotes and these idioms here, but it's true. We have two ears and one mouth in order that we might listen twice as much as we speak. And I guess that's the point. I haven't always been a very good listener. I'll listen to people, but I'm always listening to try and help them figure something out or find a solution or wait for my opportunity to jump in and talk. Over the years, I've gotten much better at waiting and pausing and actually reading the room, if, if you think about it. And it's interesting because in a digital world, even though we're not in the same room, we can still tell. I can tell by the way you're looking at me, the angle of your head. I can tell by your body language, whether you're interested in what I have to say or not. We don't even have to be in the same room as our teams to be able to identify whether they're doing well or badly, whether we're listening to them or we're actually telling them. You get a kind of a gut reaction that goes, whoa, someone didn't enjoy that or, oh, yes, that's amazing. You know, you can tell it shines through your face. So, yeah, I hope that advice is, is applicable to anyone, not just people who are dealing with leadership or management scenarios. Do you yeah. find that, you know, you say that even though we're not in the same room and in fact we're like, you know, <laughs> in a completely different time zone, it's your evening over there, isn't it? <laughs> um, but we're, we're looking at each other as we're recording this. And do you feel that there's a difference in communication, you know, whether it's um, sort of on video or written communication? How does it, how does it differ? There is definitely a difference in the way you communicate. I'll give you an example to illustrate. Years ago, I worked for a product company. The only time I've ever worked out of B2B marketing was a consumer-based product. And we had a reseller who was based in New Zealand. I was living in the UK at the time. And we'd sent them a bunch of emails and we were like, yeah, yeah maybe we're interested in shipping them some product. And then we had a call with each other. It was the first time I'd done a professional video call, like we do all the time, like we take for granted. And all of a sudden, it was like I'd made a friend, like we could see each other and connect with each other. And what is the difference there? It is that extra medium of communication. So if you think about it like this, every type of communication adds another layer. So if I am writing to you, you have the words, but you also have the interpretation of what's going on in your head. You can tell from the tone of voice. You can tell from the structure and the layout of what the person is, is doing, their spelling, their grammar tells you a little bit about them, right? Mm -hmm. If you then swap that around for a voice call, well, I don't know if you've ever been on LinkedIn and someone sent you a welcome message or a thank you message in a, an audio format. Mm. It's happened to me. And all of a sudden you get a sense about this person. You can tell their enthusiasm in their voice or, or their intensity or just their genuine interest in someone else. It cuts through the barriers. But what you do is you lose the word, you lose the format, so the dynamic shift. When you're moving towards a video format, you've got the auditory, sensory stimuli, but you've also got the visual ability to read someone's body language and their cues. This adds a whole extra level of depth and dimension. Now, we're not going to go into all of the details about how people learn, but the fact of the matter is that we are all able to pick up cues in different ways, depending on the interactions we have with people. I don't know if you've ever listened to an audio book or read the same book um, in, in an, a written format, or if you've even watched the video or the movie of the same book. Think about The Lord of the Rings, for example. It's a completely different experience. Mm -hmm. And each of those modalities will have their strengths and their weaknesses. But the important thing is that your audience will also engage with those different modalities in different ways. 
So the challenge for a marketer is to understand what is your target audience most want to engage with? Unfortunately, it's not like, you know, all CFOs want to read documents and all chief marketing officers want to watch videos. It doesn't work like that because we, as individuals, we all have different ways of engaging with content. Mm. But what it does help to think about is to realize that your audience might want to engage with your content in multiple different formats. If you have a really important message, don't just put it on a blog post. Send out a video post about it if you can. Send an audio message to someone. Put it in a video format. Put it in a, an infographic. It, all of these different tactics are available to help people get the same message in different ways. And great marketers are actually able to use those various different tactics to build up a campaign that can cross all of these communication barriers, which are limited by the nature of the way you talk, listen, read, or engage. I love that. And it's just reminded me of, and, and, and I'm sure both of you experience this, I get a lot of salesy messages into my Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, you know, all of all of that. And they're all the same kind of thing, copy and pasted, copy and pasted. I would get a couple of like to those voice notes. But the other week I had somebody record me a video. So she's walking along. Hi, Tamsin, it's great to connect. And I listened to that. And I followed up on it because I was like, wow, the, she's talking to me. Like getting those messages via um, DM, written DM, I feel like they are sending that to everybody. But somebody's just taken two minutes of their day to talk to me. I'm going to respond. Yeah, what a great so idea. Yeah. Yeah, like that. <laughs> it does make a very big difference. It cuts through the noise. But why does it cut through the noise? Because it's actually about intentionality. As we said previously, with the communication about leadership and how leaders are able to make a difference when they communicate with intention. It actually is the similar approach when you want to reach out to someone whose problems you can solve. Now, that's the first point, is that not all people reaching out on LinkedIn or whatever message platform you want to use are doing it with intent. They just want to sell. They just want to share their message out there. They don't really care whether you have a problem that they can help you solve or not. They're just playing a numbers game. Mm. But when someone takes the time and effort to do a little bit of homework about you, to reach out, to send you a personalized voicemail or a personalized video, they're actually putting a little bit of themselves on the line. They're making themselves a little bit vulnerable because the chances are that they've put some kind of intentionality into the message that they're sharing. And that resonates. It means it cuts through the noise. It means that actually you're, you're dealing with them like a human being rather than just a in other message from a in other bot. Yeah. Love yeah. that. Okay, and finally, so we're going a little bit off at a tangent now, but because I'm a career coach <laughs> and I thought I cannot lose this opportunity um, for talking when we're talking about communication. Now, I've got a lot of, uh, of people, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that, that come to me and they need help with interviews because they are managing to get to the interview stage. So obviously their CVs are doing the work, their written communication is, is working for them. Um, but when they get in front of somebody, the nerves kick in, uh, they, don't, they don't portray themselves in the way they want 
to portray themselves and they're not managing to secure the job. So I was hoping that, you know, you could give some words of wisdom to listeners out there who who are struggling to get that job and what what you think they can do about it. I actually think the lesson for this comes from the rehearsals that I had to do when preparing to give a TEDx talk. And I think I did 50 to 80 hours of rehearsal to do one 15 minute session. It was epic. But the most important thing I learned during that time was what I look like and what I sound like to others. Now we have a natural advantage in today's day and age because we see ourselves on video when we're presenting in a Zoom meeting. But a lot of people don't take the time and effort to actually speak, record themselves, step away and go back and listen to it. It is awkward. It is uncomfortable, but it actually makes you realize how you come across to other people. So my top tip for a candidate who is getting into the interview but is not managing to get through the interview is to actually record yourself, go through a few of the typical questions that people ask you, and observe. You may find that your body language is making you look really defensive when they ask a specific question. You might find that actually you come across as nervous when actually you're not nervous, you just don't really know how to answer the question. But most importantly, to be able to get that sense of confidence in your body so that you can put that forward in the context that you're at. And maybe you need to listen to some great music that's going to inspire you before you go in. Maybe you need to practice some breathing exercises. Maybe it's as simple as having a talisman that makes you feel powerful and confident when you're there. But ultimately, the question is about you putting your best self forward in that context. Recruiters are like bloodhounds in some ways and that they can sniff out insincerity. And I also think they can sniff out when people are not being themselves. And sometimes it's hard to tell whether someone's not answering a question simply because they don't know the answer or whether they're not answering the question because they're actually trying to figure out a better way to answer the question or they haven't got the experience or something is genuinely wrong. So ultimately, practice, listen to yourself, get feedback from other people, especially if you practice with them or you can see yourself on video and they can give you feedback about how you come across. And then mostly just be excited about the job. If this is a job you genuinely want, Help your potential employer understand that. And the possibly last thing is, I think, remember that they need you as much as you need them. And that oh, should hopefully give you the comfort to walk away and go, you know what? You're not the right match for me, but that's okay because I'm not the right match for you either. And let's just, let's just let it go. There are other fish in the sea. I will find my perfect place, but maybe it's not you. And that ability to actually step away and go, it's okay, it doesn't matter, almost has a reverse psychological effect of drawing people in towards you and actually making them want you more because you don't need them, you're not as desperate. Yeah, that's great. There's two things there that I always talk, talk to my clients about. So we're obviously in completely in, in alignment here is always tell them to record themselves as well because and I say to them it's horrible it's horrible experience but you know I know some people might love it but most people aren't very comfortable about watching themselves but it's so invaluable to watch yourself um and and also yes about the fact that I think people always think 
oh, I've got to do really well at this interview. You know, I've got to impress people. And actually, yes, it's you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. It's 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 a two way process. It's not all about you've got to perform for them. They, they've got to they've got to prove that they're a good company that you want to work for as well. So, um, right. I think we're running out of time. So I'm going to hand over to Tamsin. Have you got a little bit of a synopsis? To, of I, the, um, of course I <laughs> have. Yes, I have. Always. And just one thing to, to just to add on to that, that you've both been talking about, actually, I, I really believe that all of those tips that you just, you just gave Gina, are transferable into business as well so if you're pitching to a new client or you're reaching out to a new client or you know you're going into an organization and trying to work with them or from as part of your business those same things are also applicable if you're a business owner you don't have to work with everybody that comes in front of you if it doesn't feel right it doesn't feel right mm. yeah wise and true and in my experience, invaluable. Yeah. Uh, the clients that we actually enjoy working with are the long-term sustainable successes that actually make us proud of the work that we do. Here's to being able to choose more clients. I know, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. <laughs> and that comes down to the communication, clearly. Um, I'm going to do a quick recap. And Gina, if you, can, if you can, what we will do is we'll pop the link to Gina's TEDx talk on the show notes as well, because I think it'd be amazing for our audience i know i want to hear it um Absolutely. but i know i know a lot of our audience and i've heard gina it. tell a story in a meeting before and it was captivating and that's why <laughs> when, when i was keen to get her on here because i know she's captivating <laughs> absolutely and Thank i could talk to you i could talk to you for hours um just a quick recap i've written down so much my page is full um <laughs> but a couple of quick quick points feel the fear and do it anyway communication is all about emotion communicate with intention and don't try to tell them what you think they need to know be honest so that was my synopsis Gina have we got a final final thought from you final final tip from you for our audience I think the final tip I can leave your audience with is that you don't have to be afraid of what you say it's always possible to change the words and to help people understand what you're really looking for. But the most important thing is that your intention is clear. Um, you can apologize later, but if you don't say what you mean, it's very hard to find an opportunity in that missed moment to be able to come back to it and, and be honest about it. I think we have moved from the era of authenticity to the, the time of humanity, where actually people are people and that's okay. And I think in, in any context, um, business and leadership and even professional speaking, if you are you, you don't have to worry about who you're going to be. There are people who will like you for it and there are people who won't like you for it. As long as you're okay with who you are, the chances are the rest of the world will be too. Oh, I'm going to leave it there. That's that's lovely. I love that as an ending. <laughs> Thank you so much, Gina, for joining us. It's really appreciate it. Um, and I think this is going to be such a, a helpful episode for our listeners. So thank you um and you know for now until next time it's bye from me and bye from me see you soon take care 
thank you for listening. We really hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, we'd love it if you could like and subscribe. If you'd like to find out more about Tanya, visit vidacoaching.co.uk. And if you'd like to find out more about Tamsin, visit uphubmastermind.com. Thank you very much and we'll see you soon. Thank you.